G'day audience, how are we? Uh, so this week we are going to learn all about the process of researching a stock. So it really annoys me, a lot of, you know, a lot of articles and videos and stuff like that will tell you, you know, make sure you do your due diligence, make sure you do your research, but pretty much no one tells you how to do it. So I'm going to take you through my process of researching a stock and it might sound long and tedious but just remember that every time you go through this process it'll get quicker and quicker and quicker until you can analyze an entire company within a couple of hours so don't be too frazzled at first it will definitely take you a bit longer than you probably want it to but every time you do it it'll just get quicker and quicker until you'll be able to make investment decisions that can make you potentially thousands of dollars on something that took you a few hours to research. So, how do we do it? The first thing you want to do is you want to get a rough idea of what the company does. So, this first step, it'll depend on how well acquainted you already are with the company. If you already know it well, then you're probably not going to need much in this first step. But just be careful because just because you know what the company does and even sometimes if you use its product doesn't necessarily mean you know how it makes money. We want to know how the business works and how it makes money. So a great example of this is Facebook. Okay, we all use the product, but how many of us knew that they were, how many of us knew how they made money? How many of us knew 10 years ago that they were mining our data and selling it to advertisers to create these incredibly valuable targeted advertising products. None of us do. So because of that, no matter how well I think I know a company, I'll usually watch a few YouTube videos just to get a rough idea of what the company does and how it makes money. Um, it's really simple. You just go on YouTube, just type in company, whatever, stock analysis, and you'll get all these YouTubers that pop up please do not follow their advice, okay? Pretty much every YouTuber who makes one of these videos recommends every single stock a buy. None of them ever say, oh, wait, or none of them say sell. They all just say buy. So, and that's because a lot of them aren't, don't have a strong, you know, investing background at all. They're more like entertainers. So please be weary of them. Just watch the YouTube video to get information about the company, just generic information about the company. As soon as they start diving into their opinion and stuff like that, or whether you buy or not, maybe just don't pay too much attention. Give it a listen, but try not to be too swayed by it. So that's the first step. Just go on YouTube or Google, whatever, something simple just to figure out how does the company make money, just to get a general idea of it. So once we've got a rough idea of what the company does and how it makes money, it's time to look at their latest annual report. So the annual report is a big daunting document that uh, every company has to produce legally at the end of every year. Uh, they also produce a quarterly report every three months, but the quarterly report doesn't have a whole lot in it. It pretty much just has those three financial statements in it. The, account, the income statement, the balance sheet, and the cash flow statement. Uh, and the quarterlies don't really have much else in it. So the annual report, it's a yeah, huge document, 100 plus pages. But as we'll learn today, you probably end up reading anywhere from 10 to 15 of these pages. And 
half of those pages are just numbers anyway. So really you're only reading maybe five pages worth of written word. So it's not that bad. And every time you do this process, you'll look at less and less of it as you become more experienced. Uh, so, but luckily for us, every annual report follows the same layout. So it's easy to navigate after you've done it a few times. So to find the annual report, just Google company, whatever, investor relations, okay? You'll end up at the company's investors website. It's, it's kind of like a hidden website within the company's, a hidden section of the company's website, which is all for investors. And all the information you're gonna use and need is found here. So once you end up on this investor relations website, uh, the annual report will be found in either some companies have a specific little tab that says annual reports and you can find it there. Other ones have a tab that says financial reports and filings or SEC filings. The SEC is the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, they're the legal body in the US which pretty much makes sure that all the companies are following the rules, there's no fraud, everything's up to standard and so forth. So if you click on the SEC filings tab, uh, you'll then get all the kind of reports that the company has had to produce for the SEC. And the annual, they've all got different codes and the one you're looking for, it'll also say in words next to it, uh, but you're looking for the 10K. That's the annual report. So that's how you do it for US companies. For Australian companies, you can either do a similar kind of thing, just Google search, the company investor relations and go through that little investor relations thing till you find their annual report section or for Australian companies you go to www.asx.com.au in the top right corner there's a search bar type in the stock symbol for the company you're looking after the company will pop up underneath as an option click on that that'll take you to the company's web page on the ASX website and then just scroll down the page a bit until you get to company announcements. And that'll have all the reports that the company has had to produce for the ASX, which is pretty much the Australian version of the SEC, the legal people, the police. And then just scroll through those announcements until you get to the annual report. And Australian companies release the annual report around about August. So just scroll till you get to August and it should be there. Alright, so we finally found the annual report. It was a bit harder than I was expecting. Um, so, the layouts for Australian annual reports and American annual reports are quite different. So, we'll go with the easy one first, which is obviously the Australian annual reports. So, Australian annual reports are going to have this layout, right? The first section is going to be a chairman or a CEO letter. It's pretty much just whoever's the big dog in the company, they write a letter to shareholders and it pretty much goes over what happened to the company over the last year and what the company's plans for the future are. It's worth a read, this bit, it's only one or two pages um, and a good CEO is gonna be honest, okay? They're gonna tell you this is what went well, this is what went poorly, but unfortunately these higher ups, they are business people and therefore they are salespeople, and so they pretty much always just tell you all the positives and they don't mention any of their mistakes, which is unfortunate, but very common. So just give this letter a read just to know what happened to the company last year. 
So after the, that little letter, there might be a few different letters. After those, uh, we then get to what's called the director's report. Uh, and you'll know you're on this page because you'll see a bunch of photos of all the different people, all the different directors for the company, which are pretty much just all the higher up people running the company and making all the big decisions. So once you get to these series of photos, it's going to tell you all their credentials, tells you how they get paid, all this crap. I don't really read that. I just skip through all that. Tells you about their attendance at, bit, at meetings and stuff like that. I don't really bother with any of that. So skip that part. And then there'll be a corporate governance section. Skip that too. And then we finally get to pretty much the only important part of the document, which is the annual financial report. So these are those uh, three financial statements that'll have all the numbers we need. So we'll have the income statement, the balance sheet, and the cash flow statement. This is where we got all our numbers from to put into our spreadsheet. Uh, it'll give you the most recent year's numbers and the year before that too. So you'll have two years worth of numbers from each annual report. If you want the numbers from years before that, just go to an older annual report and fill it out that way. Um, after these, so after we get our three financial statements, there's going to, the re pretty much the rest of the entire report are the notes to the financial statements, where essentially it's all the information to dive into every single individual component on all three of those financial statements. So it'll tell you exactly about their cash balances in the bank account will tell you exactly the details of their debt when each bit of debt is due what percentage interest rate it'll tell you how much property they have how many cars they have goes into all this immense detail to be honest you don't really need any of that detail uh, the only thing I look for in the notes in this whole bottom section after the three financial statements the only thing I regularly look for the only thing I regularly look for is the segment information so if a company has multiple different segments, they're going to illustrate the results of each segment individually. They'll break it out individually and they'll put it down here in the notes somewhere, usually quite early on. This is very useful um, because a common way to find a bargain stock, to find a cheap stock, is a company that has multiple segments and one segment is doing very well, but the other segments aren't. And because most investors out there don't bother to do a deep dive into a stock before they buy it, um, they only look at the overall results of the company. And so a really common way, or not common, but yeah, kind of common, not rare, <laughs> a not rare way to find a cheap stock is that um, the overall result of the company is somewhat weak, the stock gets smashed. However, if you dive into the individual segments, there may be a strong segment in there that is actually quite valuable that all the other investors are missing because they're only looking at the overall result rather than looking at each individual part. So after the stock gets smashed because the overall result was poor, you find a valuable segment in there. You then get to buy the stock for cheap. And over time, you'll realize that investors slowly realize that, oh, there's this segment in there that's actually quite valuable and the stock will rise over time. So that's a pretty common way I've found cheap stocks. Um, and that's why on my website, on, on the spreadsheets, all over my website, in the valuation section, there's a sum of the parts section. So you can clearly 
break up each individual segment and you can see the numbers for each segment, you'll be able to spot a valuable segment in a cheap company that could be a good buying opportunity. So that's it for Australian Annual Reports. Read the CEO or the chairman's letter at the start of the report just to get a rough idea of what happened to the company in the last year and what their plans for the future are. Then I pretty much skim straight down to the financial statements, grab all the numbers, and then I look in the notes section for um, a breakdown of each segment individually, see if there's a hidden gem in there, and that's it. So in the end, I only end up really using about five or six pages of the entire 50 plus page document for Australian annual reports. Now for US annual reports, it's a lot more detailed, but it's a good resource. But again, it's 100 plus pages, but we're probably only going to end up looking at maybe 10 or 15 pages. Half of those pages are just numbers, so really not doing a whole bunch of reading here. So yeah, like I said, luckily for us, uh, they all the annual reports in the US for every company follows the same structure. So let's go through it. The first section is called business. And here you'll find an overview of the entire company, which means what it does, how it earns money. This can sometimes be confusing. You know, if I read Facebook's annual report 10 years ago and they tried to explain me how they're going to use this data and all that, in words, it can be quite confusing, which is why we want to watch a few simplified YouTube videos beforehand just so we've got a rough idea already. And so once we read it in a bit more complicated text, we can follow it. You'll only need to skim read this section because you probably already know most of what it says and a lot of it is just generic info, but you could learn something you didn't know, okay? Something I come and learn about by going through this section is it tells you all the different companies and segments that the one company owns. So for example, if you read Google's annual report, you'd find that it also owns YouTube, something you wouldn't have thought about beforehand. Facebook also owns Instagram and WhatsApp. You might not have known that if you didn't read this intro section. So that's probably the main thing you're looking for if you're gonna read this, is just ensuring that what you think the company is and what you think it owns and is made up of is actually what it's made up of and there's no other big part of it that you're missing. This first section, will I'll also highlight some important metrics for the company that you may need. This is mainly for valuing a growth company if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to episode 13. Um, metrics like how much the company makes per user, how many users they have, how many transactions they've processed, whatever. The metric will vary depending on the company and the industry that it's in. But if you're looking at a growth company and you're gonna do that scaffold that we learned about, you're gonna need these metrics. And so they're gonna be found in this first section. Okay, so first section, just make sure that everything we think the company owns, it owns, and we're not missing anything else. And just grab all the important metrics that the company's labeled out for us. The next section is called risks. And so here the company outlines pretty much every single possible risk that it faces. A lot of this is just generic garbage that isn't really useful. Like for example, Facebook's risk is, you know, obvious stuff, we could get hacked, you know, our customers don't like us anymore. Just really generic stuff that pretty much every company faces. I personally don't really read this section much because at the end of the day, we're investing in companies which have protection from competition, which have that moat, 
they have a brand, they have a network effect, they have some legal or patent, um, and they have a switching protection. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to episode four. So this protection from competition means that no matter what the risks are, they're going to get through it. So just like how Facebook got slammed with the biggest, possibly one of the biggest scandals in corporate history, yet here they are thriving five years later. And it's because of the strength, their protection from competition. So those are the risks, not that useful. If you do want to read it, just skim read. It has like a topic sentence of the risk in bold and then it gives it in detail underneath. Just skim read the bold risks. If there's anything that alerts your attention, read it. If not, just keep going. The next part is called management's discussion and analysis of financial results. Okay, so this section is actually quite useful. The first few pages of the section are just all this legal stuff. They tell you what they define revenue as, what they define this as. But scroll down. So once you reach this section, scroll down until you reach a blue and white table. Okay, this is the company's results from the two most recent years. And under this table, the company gives a thorough explanation of the company's results. They tell you why their sales grew, how they how their sales grew, how its expenses changed, etc. Um, I'd be lying if I said I read this for every company, but I do often read it. It's only a page or two in the end. Um, only read the important stuff. So read the parts about revenue, so sales. They explain why their sales changed, how their sales changed. Read about their cost of revenues, so the cost of goods sold. Read about their marketing and sales expense, their general and administrative expense. Read about each of their expenses individually. You might learn something. And then that's it. Just read those and everything else is useless. The next part dives into the directors. So just like with the Australian report where they start to give you a blurb about every single board member and director and how they get paid and their meetings, that's the next section. I skip the entire thing. Then we're finally arrived at the last part, and just like the Australian one, it's just the three financial statements and all the detailed information underneath it. So you've got the three financial statements, and then a bunch of notes to the financial statements, which give a detailed explanation of every single thing in those financial statements. So just grab your numbers from these financial statements, put them in your spreadsheet, and scroll through um, to try and find where they break up each segment individually to try and find those hidden gems. So that's it for the US annual reports. So just to recap, we skim read the first section about what the company does and how it makes money. We just make sure that everything we think it owns and operates in is what it does. It doesn't have anything else like Google with YouTube. We then skip the risk section or give it a quick glance have a read of the company's explanation for their financial results, why their sales grew, why their expenses changed, um, only looking at the important stuff. And then we skip the section about all the bosses, uh, and then we go to the financial statements, grab the numbers, and then check out the notes to those financial statements for a breakdown of the individual segments for the company. So that's it. So when you first start doing that, it's gonna take a lot of time. Going through your first annual report will take time. It's pretty daunting. You'll probably get distracted and waste a couple of hours. But after a few goes at it, you'll know where to look 
you'll know exactly where to look, you'll scroll straight to it, it'll be so easy and quick. It's just the practice. So after reading the annual report, I then go back to the investor relations page. So remember, company X investor relations into Google, click on the first thing that comes up, we're in their investor relations page. So when I'm on this page, I'm now gonna to go to the events and presentations section. So every, in the US, every quarter, so every three months, a company has to release their results from that three month period. And then a few of their biggest bosses will go and have a meeting with a bunch of investors. The only investors at this place are the really big bank high up investors. You've got to get invited. Uh, so yep, the bosses of the company will have this meeting with all these high up um, financial managers and the boss, the company's bosses will present their financial results and then they, and they'll have a slideshow presentation, a really easy to read slideshow presentation of their results for that quarter. And then they'll have a Q and A session with the investors. This presentation is a really easy to read visual, lots of graphs, colors, um, <laughs> slideshow that can, that pretty much mentions their, describes their financial results or how the company's going very simply. But note that this is just one quarter of results and three months isn't a long period of time. So we do not want to base our investing decisions on one quarter's worth of results. We'd rather look at a whole year's worth of results. So just don't base everything off one quarter of numbers, please. Uh, if you want to look at their full year results in the slideshow presentation, go to their Q4, so their fourth quarter, so to scroll the slideshow or the presentations to get to their fourth quarter slideshow presentation. And that one will include the fourth quarter only and the whole year as well. So you can get the nice visual, colorful slideshow presentation of their full year results. These presentations, they mainly focus, they don't focus so much on the financial results. They really focus on the company's metrics. So if you're valuing a growth company, you're going to need these metrics. So these are things like how much does the company make per user? How many users do they have? How many transactions have they got? How much money do they process? Whatever. But for valuing a growth stock, using that scaffold we learned about in episode 13, you're going to need these metrics. We will go through it in the future, how to use them. Just today we're learning how to find them. Aussie companies don't do quarterly results. That's um, an American thing. Australian companies do half year results. So there'll be an annual report in August and they'll have a half year report in January or February. So you can find that on that ASX website. So I've looked at YouTube at the very start just to get a rough idea of how what the company does and how it makes money. I've then read through their annual report and I've then read through their presentations for as many quarters back as I can find. Now what I do is that's all the resources that the company is going to be able to give you. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go on to what's called Motley Fool. Okay, they have a website for Australia. So there's a Motley Fool Australia, Motley Fool US, Motley Fool UK. They also have a podcast and 
they do a really good job of giving constant updates about pretty much every company on the market. Every time stock has moved significantly up or down, they'll do a little article about why. They also do articles which summarize a company's quarterly results. So if a company releases their quarterly results, it's likely the same day or the next day, you'll see a Motley Fool article explaining what the results were and how the stock reacted. So when I'm researching a stock, I like to search the stock on their website and pretty much read every article they've got there for as far back as I can be bothered. This is gonna give you insight into what the company's history has been like and will also tell you any challenges or wins that the company has had over time. And by reading through all of this, it gives you a much better picture of the company's history. And that's something which the numbers alone can't tell you. They use really simple language to explain everything they do. Um, so if you're ever researching a company and something comes up like a metric or a word comes up that doesn't make any sense to you, if you go on to Motley Fool and research the company, I promise you they've addressed it in simple English and explained it at some point. So they're a really great resource. Only thing to be aware of is they don't seem to pay any attention to valuation. Like they'll, they'll say that a stock looks like a good buy, even though it's, it's a horrendously expensive, hyped up stock. I've been reading their articles for years now and very rarely do they worry about valuation. So they're great for the qualitative info. They're great about understanding a company's business model and potential and what management's plans are, but they're not good for the numbers stuff. They, yeah, they just, they just tend to follow the overall market. They just copy what everyone else is thinking. So if there's a hyped up, hot growth stock, they're more likely to put an article telling you to buy it rather than to avoid it. And if there's a stock which has been battered down for no real reason and is now really cheap, they'll tell you to avoid that stock. So they kind of just do the whole market kind of thinking, which isn't really useful. So great for qualitative analysis, great for understanding a business, but do not be swayed by whether they think it's a buy or not, please. So yeah, Motley Fool, aside from this use in the whole research process, if you're just starting out and you want, you're passionate to learn, just read through their articles. Go on their website and just read any kind of article and you'll, you'll learn a lot just by reading what they've got to say. I highly recommend it. So, well, so we've just gone to Motley Fool's website. We've just searched their website for the stock we're looking at. And we've just read through every article they've written just to get an understanding of all the ups and downs the company has had in its history. The last stop on our education journey is a resource called Seeking Alpha. And this one is optional. It's an app. You should download it. It's essentially an online community platform where people can share in-depth analyses on different stocks. Anyone can write an article, so be careful who you listen to, but every article does get peer-reviewed by a panel of experts before it gets published. So a lot, there's nothing on there that's total garbage. It's kind of like an English essay where every single st everyone can have their opinion as long as they justify it. But some people's justifications are worse than others. So 
It's a good resource, but don't just follow whatever you read. What is good about being on there is hearing different opinions on the same stock, and that's really crucial, okay? You don't want to just know why you should buy a stock, but you also want to know why other people aren't buying a stock. You want to agree with the reasons for buying a stock, and you want to disagree with the reasons for avoiding a stock. You want to, you want to have both sides of the story in your head, and you want to be at peace with both. You want to go, okay, I think this stock's a buy because of this, this, this. And you also want to be aware of the reasons why other people aren't buying the stock. And you want to be able to validate your thesis against that. So on this Seeking Alpha website, there will be articles for and against pretty much every stock on there. So it's a good way just to get ideas. The articles, though, are much more detailed than what you find on Motley Fool. Motley Fool scrapes the surface. These people go into a lot of detail, so don't be freaked out. It might seem like a lot of detail to you now, but as you keep going through this, as we go through this together, you will um, you will start to realize that that's the amount of detail you will eventually get to as you get more and more experienced. So thing to be cautious of with this platform is some of the articles are seriously compelling arguments but please don't buy a stock based on what you read on a few articles don't be completely swayed by the articles do your own research and treat the articles as more like ideas rather than advice things that you read put it as something that's food for thought don't act on it and the only reason i'm saying this is because i myself have been reading an article and it has been so compelling that I found myself about to buy the stock that same day. But definitely do not do that, okay? A lot of the articles are written completely in a positive... They're, they're, the articles are all biased. It is very rare that you'll read an article that presents both sides pretty fairly. Because investors are either in on a stock or they're off a stock. They kind of have two, two modes. And so all these articles are either one or the other. So do not act on what you read, just use it for ideas. Seeking Alpha, so this platform, Seeking Alpha is what it's called, has a free version and a premium version. The free version allows you to read any article within, I think, 48 or 72 hours of it being posted. After that time frame, it becomes locked and available only to premium members who pay 30 bucks a month for the membership, which is pretty steep. So I suggest just download the app, search all the companies that you're interested in, but note that Seeking Alpha is only for US stocks, essentially. There's no Australian stocks on there, sorry. So essentially, get, download the app, search every company that you're interested in, and once you search it, click follow in the top right corner. By doing that, it's going to, you'll get notifications every time an article is written about that stock. And then just make sure you read the article within 48 hours of your notification and that way you can ride for free. <laughs> um, I suggest reading these articles as often as you can because again, like The Motley Fool, you'll learn a lot from them, but these are the next level deep. Like these articles are, so I'd say there's three get grades of research. Motley Fool is probably the most simplified research. Seeking Alpha is the next level up and then the top level is what the pro finance fund people do, the big money managers do, which is just 
way too much detail. Um, so yeah, go on Seeking Alpha, read all the articles, read as many articles on there as you can and you will learn a lot. So that's all the core, those are all the core resources I use in my process. Um, after I've used all those resources, I'll also just sometimes, if I'm not fully convinced I've got everything or just to double check, I'll just Google the company, I'll just Google company, whatever, stock analysis into YouTube and Google just to see if there's any article or any other thing that I haven't, something I might have missed or overlooked. Um, be very cautious with YouTube. Like I said, the, a lot of those YouTubers who do all those stock analysis videos, they do like one every day and they definitely don't do everyone in full detail and they definitely don't have an understanding of all those stocks. So take their information with a grain of salt. Like I said, just use the YouTubers for their simplified overview of the company, but not for much else. When you search on YouTube, you'll also get a lot of CNBC content, uh, which is a TV channel in the US, which does a lot of stuff on stocks. This content is going to have interviews with the company's management, uh, which can give you kind of an idea of the person who's running the company, um, and we'll learn about why this is important later. They'll also have interviews with big financial managers about a company, and that can tell you what Wall Street's perspective on the company is at the moment. So you'll be able to tell whether Wall Street is in love with this stock and it's super expensive, or whether Wall Street hates it and it's potentially cheap. So once you've gone through all that information, you've, you've gone through YouTube, you've gone through their annual report, you've gone through their quarterly presentations, you've gone on The Motley Fool and Seeking Alpha, Seeking Alpha is optional, especially early on. Um, once you've gone through all that, you then just value the company based on what you know so far. So if you're valuing a high growth company using that scaffold we learned about, you're going to need not most of the information you've researched, you will not use, especially not for valuing the company. You just want to research as much as you can to understand fully all the pros and all the cons for the stock. And that will influence your decision making. And depending on your perspectives and your own opinion, you'll either find all the information as a net positive or you'll find it all as a net negative. Okay, but a lot of the information won't be useful for the valuation part. It's more for deciding whether it's a good investment in the first place. So yeah, if you're valuing a high growth company, with that scaffold, you'll probably need to use some of those metrics which you found in the research. Uh, if you're valuing companies which are growing slowly um, or only moderately, so anything under 15%, then you're not gonna use most of the research in your valuation at all. Um, it's just good to know all the things for and against. So just to recap one last time. So we go onto YouTube initially just to get a brief overview of what the company does. We then go into their annual report um, just to get all the numbers, make sure we know everything that the company owns. Like I said, Google owns YouTube, which you wouldn't have known if you didn't read the annual, didn't read that first section of the report. So the main point of the annual report is to get all the numbers to put in our spreadsheet, to find out exactly what the company does and everything it owns, and just to get a rough idea on how they went last year in that little discussion part. We then go on to uh, the presentations to get all the key metrics, see what the management thinks are important. 
um, and any other important numbers. And then we go on to The Motley Fool, just to get a history about the company of what it's been through. And then if we want a more deep dive into the company, we go on to Seeking Alpha. And like I said, at first, that whole process might take you, you know, five hours or so. But as you get better, you'll end up being able to do it in one or two hours. So again, it'll be hard at first, but you'll get the hang of it. It'll get easier and easier and you'll find yourself potentially making a decent amount of money on relatively little work. All right, guys. So that's it for this week. I will see you next week. Bye.